Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. You know, sometimes in Christian circles, we talk a lot about being satisfied in God. And in last Sunday's sermon, Josiah explained how a satisfied Christian is a powerful witness to a watching world. But what does it mean to be satisfied in God? Today, we dig a little deeper into being a satisfied Christian and why that's so crucial to being a follower of Jesus. Plus, we'll hear from God's Word and spend time praying. I think you'll enjoy it, so let's get started. Hope it's something funny. Just a happy guy. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you for being with us today. I'm here in our studio with our senior pastor, Josiah Jones. Josiah, you're fresh off a a study retreat last week. So tell us, do you feel studied? (laughs) Well, Dave, I, I did have a wonderful time away. Actually spent time seeking fresh vision from the Lord, particularly what does uh, um, church life look like after the pandemic, and Mm. what is God doing? And so it was a really good time seeking God and being renewed and refreshed. Awesome. Care to share any thoughts about your time away? Did you, any specifics about your vision for (laughs) what church looks like after the pandemic? Or are you going to save it for later? That's okay. I'm saving that for later, but I will tell you, um, uh, where I was, wonderful time with God. I was also at a retreat center where there were some others whom had meal with in the evenings, and it was just neat to spend time with other believers and hear what God was doing in their lives. In the midst of the challenging time, God has been at work, so I was encouraged. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. My uh, prayer is that these opportunities for you to get away uh, will pay dividends in our church uh, in the church uh, here at Christ Community Church and the body of, of Christ, of course, in general. I pray so. I awesome. Do. Well, amen to that. So uh, you were back in the pulpit this last Sunday, and uh, but the week before that, we had Dr. John Currid from Reformed Theological Seminary here with us, and he was your former professor, as you mentioned us uh, to us yes. in the sermon. So tell us, what was it a little nerve-wracking to have a former professor checking in on you? Did he make you parse any Hebrew verbs or anything? <laughs> Thankfully, he did not. Um, oh, actually, what was more nerve-wracking was a, a few, uh, well, maybe a couple of months ago when I was preaching, and I noticed all of a sudden he was there. Oh, that's right. Oh, I think I would have studied a little bit harder here. Uh, no. Um, actually, it was, a, it was a great privilege, wonderful to get to talk with him and and uh, have him open God's Word for us. So, awesome. Great blessing. Yeah, yeah. We almost had him on the podcast, but uh, his travel plans didn't allow, so we'll try to catch him next time he's in town. Uh, thankfully, he has a, vets, a vested interest in our church since his daughter and her family go to our church, so I imagine he'll be back soon. So we need to get to the sermon, uh, our main topic for today, and being satisfied in God. Um, so why don't you just give us a quick rundown from the sermon on Sunday? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Dave, uh, glad to. So this was the third message looking at Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well, and and as I said on Sunday, I think this is my favorite Mm -hmm. because um, it really shows how God can use, how Jesus can use the the last person you would ever expect to impact 
people you would never imagine. Mm. The Samaritans, mm. who, who would have had lots of reason to be skeptical about, uh, because of the relationship with Jews and all of that, and a Samaritan woman, a woman whose life was messed up, and mm. everybody knew it. She knew they knew it, which is why she was seeking to avoid them, and yet God used mm. this woman who uh, uh, had found satisfaction in Jesus. She had... Uh, taken from the living water. And so the point, uh, and to, to bring others to find that same life and mm-hmm. satisfaction of Jesus. So the way that I put it is, to be effective in Christ's mission, you don't need to be an expert evangelist, just a satisfied Christian. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, because to think about where she was as, um, let's say, a new believer uh, in Jesus at that point, she was immediately sent out sent back to the town that she came from and started her missional task, right? If yes. She didn't feel like she had to scrub every every part of her life up. She didn't try a 10-step program, and there's value in, in some of these things. Yeah. I'm not trying to denigrate that, but just look at what she encountered Jesus, and then she went and told people. Yes, and, and that was part of the evidence of the change mm-hmm. that she... It, it, she voluntarily, she wanted to. She ran to them, come see a man who's told me mm-hmm. all I ever uh, did. Um, there, there was something about having tasted that she, and being changed mm-hmm. by that from her shame removed, as we talked about, and her self-focus being removed. Mm-hmm. She's going to many of the people who were the very reason why she wanted to be in hiding. People no who, who also knew all that she ever did, yes. <laughs> most likely. Yes, yeah. and and no doubt had gossiped, and, mm. and it hurt her in many ways. So that's, that, that's what's so uh, um, amazing, that the gospel really can change us in that fundamental way that leads us to um, be effective in Christ's mission, because th- those who know us best see... Mm-hmm. Uh, the change that's happened. I, I don't know if you've seen the series, The Chosen, and I have not seen um, all the episodes. I did see this one scene, though, where Jesus encounters uh, the Samaritan woman, and uh, at, towards the end of the scene, he, um, or, or the lady said, I'm going to go back and tell everybody that w- what you've done, mm-hmm. what you've done for me, and he kind of chuckles, and, and he goes, I'm counting on it, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm like, I never thought of that perspective. Like, Jesus... Th- he was launching a mission to the Samaritans yeah. through this woman who yeah. was an unlikely convert. Yes. So if you think your life is too much mm-hmm. of a mess for Jesus to use, he's saying, that's exactly why I'm starting with you Amen. and want to use you. I love it. And I, I love uh, parts of the Bible where we get to see the God of the universe, Jesus, interacting one-on-one with people. I just love it because yeah. I think... Um, and I think I like it so much is because I can imagine myself in the scene, right? I mean, I get to see uh, what it would be like to interact one-on-one, face-to-face, in a physical way uh, with the Lord Jesus. Yes, amazing and life-changing. It is. So So now that we kind of have a, a recap of everything, I kind of laid the, laid the uh, landscape, um, let's dig a little bit deeper. And I want to know kind of what your thoughts on what it is to be satisfied in God, right? So you said uh, it's, it's a powerful witness to be a satisfied Christian, and, uh, and we've all heard the, the line, God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him, and 
Uh, I like that. I'd probably say it a little differently, but I love the idea. But uh, I, I like to drill down into Christian cliche, cl- uh, cliches when I hear them, because I'm like, what, do you, what does that actually mean? What do you mean by that? And so l- let's do that in this case. What do, you, what do you think it means to be satisfied in God? If it's integral to being a, a good witness, so what does it mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, at, at root, it comes from the idea that we're created to know and enjoy God, that our deepest joy and happiness are meant to be rooted in a relationship with the God of the universe. As uh, Pascal uh, said long ago, we have a God-shaped uh, uh, size hole mm-hmm. that only He can fill, and we try to fill it with everything else, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it does not. Um, it does not work. So what does it mean to be satisfied um, in God? It means to know God intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means for he, for he, to be exposed um, to his searching eye and to be known fully and yet through Christ to be loved fully mm-hmm. in a way that satisfies the deep longing of our heart to be known fully, loved uh, uh, fully. And so that, uh, um, is where we find our deepest joy is in being known and loved by the infinitely glorious mm-hmm. God of the universe. Mm. And I feel like this is where Adam and Eve went wrong. If we go back to the beginning of the Bible and, uh, they had everything, they had everything they had a relationship with God, uh, one-on-one, walking with Him in the cool of the eve. Um, they had a beautiful garden, the temple of God in the Old Testament uh, before the fall. Um, but they weren't satisfied with that because they believed a lie, right? I mean, yes. Satan presented lies to them, and they believed it. Yes, at root, that's <laughs> at root, that's what sin is. Mm-hmm. It, ultimately, it's believing a lie, and what sin does is it promises what it cannot deliver. Mm-hmm. Click on this, and you'll have intimacy. Mm-hmm. Well, you click on that, you actually are destroying. You're objectifying uh, um, someone, and you're destroying intimacy with a real person. Mm-hmm. So that it, uh, uh, Or uh, gossip, be the source of information, and people will think you're in the know, they'll like you. And so, well, you actually destroy trust. Well, well, if you would talk about them, what do you say about me? And mm-hmm. you destroy, you actually, but but sin is always offering, it's advertising and saying, here's uh, satisfaction with this juicy morsel of knowledge, when it actually is is destroy it's destroying it's mm-hmm. it's not it it does not deliver on what it advertises yeah it can't deliver and i think that's really at the heart of the deceptiveness of sin it really can't deliver what it's what it's prom- promising but on the flip side of that god can god can deliver and does deliver yes. uh in in amazing ways uh satisfaction when we pursue him when we follow him when we have an intimate relationship with him then we find our hearts being satisfied i mean augustine said let our uh, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Thee, and yes. I think that was that was it, right? We're dissatisfied until we rest in in God, because that's how He created us to be, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, so we kind of maybe have an idea about what it means a little bit, but how do we do it, right? I mean, um, now that we know what it is, let's talk about how to become satisfied in God. What is it? How do we 
on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis, become more satisfied in God. What are your thoughts on that? I think we need to be clear that to be satisfied in God is a supernatural work of mm-hmm. grace, because people who are spiritually dead don't want yeah, God. try all you want, you're not going to Yeah, don't have happen. a taste for God or blind to God, don't have a heart that is healthy, which is finding satisfaction in God. And so this is a supernatural work of grace. Those who've been made alive uh, to, together with Christ, um, Peter will say, taste, or he'll, he'll say like newborn veins, long for the spiritual milk mm-hmm. of the Word so that by you may grow up. Uh, into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So if you've had that taste because Mm -hmm. you've been born again to a living hope, Mm -hmm. there are some things that God calls us to do, but we do those not as a formula, but in dependence upon God, because He has to be opening our eyes. He has to be satisfying our souls with Himself. Mm -hmm. But there are things we do individually and corporately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this we sometimes refer to as spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. of grace. So spending time in God's Word, but doing so saying, God, open the eyes of my heart mm-hmm. um, so, so that I might see, or praying as, as Moses prayed, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness that we may rejoice and be glad all our day. But meeting with God in His Word, spending time in prayer, and it's not just a formula, I need to read this, but to commune with the God of the universe mm-hmm. personally. And so it requires a supernatural work of grace, but saying, in effect, Lord, I am going to seek you. Lord, I'm going to spend time in your presence. I'm going to listen to you until you speak, until you, uh, until you show me more of yourself and uh, uh, satisfy mm-hmm. me with your presence. That's something that I think God delights um, to do when his people are seeking satisfaction in him. And I think that's the thrust of God's most glorified in us when we're most satisfied mm-hmm. um, in Him. So God, personally, in prayer, in the Word, corporately, uh, um, uh, this is part of enjoying spending time in worship, uh, where the streams of personal devotion come together into a mighty current of a river of God pouring out His Spirit as we particularly pray and seek God uh, together, trusting for Him to pour out His Spirit, we experience more of the joy, the fullness of His presence. Um, uh, enjoying fellowship with other believers, we see more of Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is ministering, His Spirit's working and ministering through His body to show His love and kindness, to show us our sin, to show us um, his love and grace that that uh, meets um, all of our needs. Those are some of the mm-hmm. important ways. Sharing in his mission. Mm. That's actually, you get to see more of Christ as you're stepping out in faith and sharing Christ. I don't know how many times that when I'm talking to somebody who they're for the first time, the lights are coming on, they're seeing the gospel, they're mm-hmm. seeing the beauty that I'm reminded, mm-hmm. wow, yes, right. this is amazing how God has loved us and what He's done for us. Uh, you know, I was just reading in in uh, Mark 15, walking through Jesus, um, it, 
going through in the cross. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I was doing, I said, Lord, I've, this is so familiar, but this is stunning. This cannot get old. Show me afresh mm-hmm. how amazing your love is and what um, you uh, did for me. And even as you're sharing that with others, <laughs> though, it really, you are being renewed uh, with his, his love. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the corporate... Uh, uh, those are some of the ways that we seek satisfaction in Him. Now, like I said, though, this is a supernatural thing. So there are other things that God does. Sometimes He takes us through trials right, <laughs> and suffering. Um, that we, in the midst of those difficulties and suffering, can find God stripping away some of the things mm-hmm. that... Um, actually, that that we're seeking our satisfaction in other than Him, mm-hmm. so that we can find ourselves in a place where where it's stunning. It's it's it, it makes no s- sense to an outside world, and yet it's true. What Paul says, mm-hmm. we could be sorrowful and yet always rejoicing. Mm-hmm. That we can come to a place in that great Psalm seventy three when everything else is stripped away and say. Uh, whom have I in heaven but you? Mm-hmm. There's nothing on earth I desire beside you. My heart, my uh, uh, soul may fail, but you are the, uh, my portion. You're my portion forever. I'm uh, totally <laughs> messing up that I get it. it's a, passage. Yeah, I know but, what you're saying. but so, I mean, that's how God works through even our difficulties and sufferings as we lean into Him in the midst of, uh, of that to find even deeper satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, in him. Yeah. It, it, it sounds to me, I mean, two things kind of, I got, I gathered from that. The first thing was that it sounds a whole lot like a relationship. Yes. A relationship is spending time with, talking with, listening to, uh, enjoying, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that, that's kind yeah. of what you mentioned. Before. The first thing you said was it sounded a whole lot like a relationship and having a relationship with God. And, and, um, what, what does that look like for you? Well, it, how do you talk to God? Well, you pray and you, know, you talk with Him throughout your day, et cetera, et cetera, and hearing from Him and, and through His Word and looking at, at nature and seeing God in, in the ways that He's revealed Himself, right? Yes. I mean, th- this is what a relationship is like. It's kind of, it's a little bit of um, of give and take in a good way. Uh, so that's the first thing I noticed. And the second thing, um, to kind of encapsulate all that you said, it says it sounded a whole lot like loving what God loves, uh, and, and we have the capacity to do that. And I think maybe for me, when I'm a little, when I'm dissatisfied, not a little or a whole lot, dissatisfied in something and then thereby not being a good witness to, an, to a watching world, it's because I'm, I'm probably loving something that God doesn't love, right? And yeah. that's the deceitfulness of sin. Um, even if it's a good thing, it can be, yeah. become an idol. But when we love what God loves, like you described, God loves it when His people get together and worship Him. Yes. God loves that because it makes His bride... It, it irons out just another wrinkle in his bride, and that's a yeah. wonderful thing. And so when I start to change what I love to align with what God loves, I find it a whole lot easier um, to be satisfied in him because now I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page with him. I'm not trying to uh, go off and do my own thing. I'm loving what he loves. And I think that's, uh, for me, that's an important concept because if I get that, if I get those things right, by God's grace, as you said, and by the power of the Spirit, it's supernatural. Um, then I find myself wanting what he wants. And it's a whole lot easier to be satisfied in God when you want what he wants instead of yeah. wanting something that he doesn't want for you. When you're uh, our, our wanters, if you will, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, are, are broken yeah. and distorted. And when that's being yeah. changed, when, uh, when our desires are being changed, 
um, then we actually experience the joy, mm-hmm. the peace, the satisfaction that God um, desires for us. Yeah. And and I don't think it's helpful to just throw our hands up and say, well, it's a mystery. It's supernatural. God is just going to have to do it, which isn't what you were saying. But there is that supernatural element uh, component to it. And then there's also the um, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. And then because it's God who works in you to do it according to His good pleasure, right? Yeah. So there's that a little bit of a mystery where we're supposed to act the mystery, we're supposed to enact the mystery. Do It's a mystery. We're not quite exactly sure uh, which is which, but nevertheless, this is what we do, and this is what we believe, and, and all of those things. So there's kind of a, a mystery there that in some ways is helpful, because we're like, all right, it's it's God, now God, please do this in my life. Yes, and, and it's important to, to say both of those things— that it is a supernatural thing, so you're not trying to fabricate something right. in the flesh, which goes nowhere, right. so that you're actually looking to the one who exactly. satisfies. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying, God, if you don't do this, uh, if you don't work in my mm-hmm. heart, then then I know the inclinations of my heart are, are to seek, uh, are to dig for myself uh, cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no wander, mm-hmm. and to be sucking from the mud, mm. trying to find life. Yeah. You're the living fountain, but I need you to open my eyes to see that. I need you to work in my heart to believe that, mm-hmm. so that I will, my heart will seek life and joy and freedom and satisfaction in yeah. you. So that's even, you know, when we, when our hearts are aligned to love what, what God loves, um, even uh, in the right priorities, too. So, I mean, there are many sure. good things yeah. that that are not made to be our ultimate life and joy and satisfaction. And when we have disordered loves, mm-hmm. that that uh, is idolatrous and mm-hmm. ends up being detrimental. So this is part of what we're reading in Psalm uh, 115 uh, today, where, um, uh, where the psalmist says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. Because you have this covenant love for us, Mm -hmm. enable us, uh, 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 or give glory to yourself so that we'll be satisfied in you, because he's going to go on to say, because those who worship idols, they become like idols. Their idols can't save. Their Mm -hmm. idols can't satisfy. Their idols, uh, they can't do any any of the things that you do. So be glorified in our hearts and minds so that we'll seek, we'll trust you, we'll treasure you, um, because you're the only one who can really satisfy. Right, and that's not being deceived by sin, right? That is being convinced of the truth of God, that He alone can indeed satisfy. And then, as as you summarized, that's a powerful witness, right, to a watching world. Why why is that? Why why is that a powerful witness to a watching world? Well, because the, the woman of Samaria is the perfect example. When we are seeking satisfaction in other things. We use people, like she had been going through men to try to f- find it. Um, uh, we we use people, and then we're still, we're filled with shame. We're, uh, our, our lives um, don't display what people long for, whereas when we have the removal of shame, like the woman of Samaria is, she was known, yet fully loved, forgiven, mm-hmm accepted, and she's satisfied, so then she didn't use people. Mm. She she sought their good. Even those, I mean, if you think about it, get in her shoes, 
even people who had hurt her. Mm-hmm. People, to put it in modern terms, who had posted stuff about her on Facebook, about mm-hmm. what a mess she was. She's seeking their good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who yeah. does that? Why would you care about me when I've hurt you? Mm-hmm. So something has to explain that. Well, because there's one who loved me when I had lived in a way that dishonored him. One who sought my good. One who pursued me, and it's he's changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, how, and, and I want you to experience that. What a powerful right. testimony to the gospel. Yeah. I think as C.S. Lewis said, beggars telling other beggars where there's bread. Yeah. Like, down there, go down there. You're hungry. There's bread down there. It's waiting for you. Just go over there. Go over there. And of course, that's Jesus, right? I mean, this, yes. she's telling people that with whom she may have sinned and people that sinned against her. She's like, look, yes, but here's Jesus. This is what we're all looking for. Yes. We want to spend some time meditating on God's Word. Over and over again throughout Scripture, we find the need to hide God's Word in our hearts, meditate on it day and night, and use it as a foundation, the foundation for our lives. So that means we need to be saturated with it. Josiah, what passage are we going to spend time in today? Dave, let's hear what the Apostle Paul said about being satisfied, uh, or in his words, content. Uh, We're going to read from Philippians 4, verses 8 through 13. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have heard and received and and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am seeking, or speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's an awesome passage, Josiah. What stands out to you today from that text in Philippians? Uh, Two things. Um, First, I'll start with the central thing at the end. The secret of contentment is finding your joy and satisfaction in Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's by his strength. His, His... Knowing Him, being strengthened by the Holy Spirit to know His love and His joy, His life, so that you can have a lot and be thankful, or you can have little and still be happy and content, Mm -hmm. because your source of contentment, of joy, satisfaction, what you're trusting in, what you're treasuring, is Jesus Mm -hmm. above all else. Mm -hmm. But the way, too, that I think is hinted at as well in this text, when he starts with whatever, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, so on and so forth, think on these things, and then he talks about practice these things. Mm. So it's interesting that it does start. I, I remember um, Skip Ryan uh, long ago was a pastor. Mm. 
uh, Park City Press, who had spoke about the mind as the gateway to the affections mm-hmm. and the will, so that God wants to shape our minds to see what is true and lovely and so on, so that then our affections will go after that, and it'll affect our practice. So orthodoxy leading to orthopathy, then leading to orthopraxy. Um, And having these things, our thinking, our affections, our actions lined up with God's, Mm -hmm. is crucial, I Mm -hmm. think, to really enjoying contentment in Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. And it paints quite the contrast to what we're bombarded with, uh, and I'm I'm painting a a broad stroke here, but what we're bombarded with uh, from a secular society showing us, think about these things, the 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 unrest here, the the violence here, the horrible scandal here, and then we're bombarded with that in, in social media or the media or whatever in many many ways all throughout the day, and it's an incredible rate of speed. It's every five minutes there's something new, there's a new headline, and we get bombarded with that, and we consume that probably yeah. to our detriment. Instead, yeah. here's what God says to focus on: to think on these things, lovely, commendable pure, et cetera. Uh, it's just a huge contrast in my mind from what the world is telling me to focus on to, compared to what God is telling me to focus on. As we close, we want to pray for you, for our church, and for the world around us. We believe that prayer connects us to the heart of God, and so it's vital to spend time talking with Him casting our burdens on Him and giving Him gratitude for all that He is for us. Josiah, why don't you go to first, and then I'll close this in prayer. I'd be glad to. Father, thank You that You delight to satisfy us with Yourself. Uh, we, Our hearts were made to live in intimate communion with You. And what uh, we had ruined in our rebellion, You have, through Your Son, Jesus, restored so that we might know you and enjoy you now and forever. And I pray that you would be at work in our hearts to help us not believe the lie, but to believe the truth. And so seek you and find you, as you have promised, when we seek you with all of our hearts in your word in prayer, communing, developing, deepening our relationship with you, and also in the Um, gathering of your people that our hearts and minds would be prepared and you would move in power as you would pour out your Holy Spirit in our times of gathered worship uh, that we would know that we have encountered the living God and there is none like you, that our hearts would uh, pursue you and, and out of the overflow of that joy and life, uh, we would have our shame removed we would have our, our self-focus redirected so that we would, we would love as we have been loved, and those around us would see it and know it, that we would say, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did and yet loved me and is changing me. I pray that we would more and more find that satisfaction in you, and then be those who beggars who found the bread of life, who would tell others where they may find. God, we want to see your name exalted as uh, 
more and more people would be drawn to you, the God who does see and hear and know and save and satisfy and not the idols that we foolishly, destructively pursue. And we pray this in Jesus' matchless name and for the glory of your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, as we continue praying, I just want to give you praise and thanks for all that you are for us. Um, yes. Uh, all that you are for us in Jesus as he came for us, and um, you did not spare him, did not spare any uh, punishment, but uh, offered him up as a sacrifice in our place on our behalf so that we could be brought back into your presence. So we thank you for this, and we we find our identity in you today and your love for us in, um, in your a creative act in making us alive and then making us spiritually alive as well. And Lord, I confess um, the um, the ways that I haven't uh, found satisfaction in you, the way that I've dug out broken cisterns or not loved what you've loved or, or put the right emphasis on uh, the right things that are even good and yes. just confess all of those ways to you and ask that you would order my loves uh, in the right way and that we would um, be a part, that I would be a part of your mission going out into this world, telling others about all that Jesus is. So we just give you praise for these things. We thank you that your truth, that the truth that you desire to have in the inward parts of our hearts, it can so permeate this world that you're going to make and are continuing to make a beautiful bride for your uh, son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us a part of that. And we ask that we would uh, be faithful to this task, that we would go out and um, help a, a hurting world, a blind world, a world that is right now um, an enemy to you, and that we would be part of that peacemaking process to yes. show others Jesus and all that he's done for us. We just commit this to you. We commit our church to you, and we commit each person listening uh, to you and ask that you would Give them all more and more of your grace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's show, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we'd love to have you visit us on a Sunday morning. And join us again next time for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless. Amen.